Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke for a long time. Really, things are moving along rapidly now. Jesus has been arrested. We saw that last week. We're going to look today at Peter and his reaction to that and what he's forced to react to. And then we're going to continue on even after that till we get to the point of the crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. So we're just kind of moseying along. So what we're going to see as we're going along in these sections of passages that we're going to see here in Luke is is not only the terrible things that are going to happen to Jesus, and there are some terrible things, but we're going to see the ugliness of humanity. We're going to see how ugly our hearts can truly be, and especially today, because here's what happens. I know this, you know this. Most people, when they think about going to church and about people who go to church, they usually think of people who go to church as having a holier-than-thou attitude. That because they go to church, they are better than everybody else. And in fact, that just is a natural human response. Because you might look at yourself and you might say, well, I'm doing okay. I'm not an axe murderer. I, I, I work. I pay my, pay my taxes when I feel like it. And, you know, I, I'm doing okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm doing okay. I'm not... A bad guy. You know, if you want to know what a bad guy is, I'll take you to the bad part of town. I'll show you what the bad guy is. That's our attitude sometimes. But the reality is, and this is the reality that we have here at our church, is that when it comes to humanity, we're all on the same level. We're all wrestling with the same things. We're all, if you don't mind me saying this, rotten to the core. I'm just going to be honest with you. Maybe you're not as rotten as the next guy, but are you sure? You know what I'm saying? Because he might be sitting there saying, I'm glad I'm not like him. The reality is, is that there's ugliness in all of us. So, like, when we go to this passage now, we're going to be in Luke chapter 22. We're going to look at verses 54 to 62. It primarily focuses on Peter's denial. It's real easy for us to get really upset and shocked at the temple guards and the chief priests the elders and the Romans, for what they're going to do to Jesus, because they're lost. They don't know him. And they're bad. And forget that here's Peter, who is a follower, who loves Jesus, who just a few hours before this said, Jesus, I'll die for you. In fact, remember, just in the passage before that, he's one of the guys that's whacking some guy's ear off. And he does something that's totally unbelievable. Shocking. What's going on? Well, remember I told you, this came out of the discussion when they were up in the upper room, when Jesus is confronting Peter with the reality that, Peter, before this night's over, you're going to deny me? It has to do with our human nature and the fact that we like to make boasts. Well, I would never do that. Or I would do this for you. And the reality is is you can't make statements like that because you don't know what's ahead of you. 
You don't know the circumstances that might happen. In fact, what we're going to look at today is when the unbelievable happens. Peter is thrown into a situation where he's not ready for it, and even though he made all those boasts, natural instinct takes over. And he finds himself in a bad situation, doing some things that he never thought he would do. This is the thing. You and I can't make bold statements about stuff. I would never do that. Really? Really? Because given the right circumstances, the right situation, who's to say you wouldn't? Who's to say you wouldn't? Chances are you probably would. Do you understand what I'm saying? Chances are you probably would. So let's look at this together. We're going to look at verses 54 to 62, and we're going to see about when the unbelievable happens. We're going to see about when the unbelievable happens. Notice with me what it says. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I don't know him. After a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. And immediately, while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, and how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Wow, tragic thing, isn't it? Tragic circumstances. It's really easy for us to kind of look at that and say, Boy, you think Peter would have known better? You think Peter would have at least paid attention to what Jesus said, that this was going to happen. I mean, if it was me, if Jesus said, before the night's over, you're going to do this, I would be on my guard all night to make sure it wouldn't happen. How many of you would be like that? I would be like that, right? I can't believe Peter did that. You know what? How many times have you been in a situation, a circumstance, where you said you would never do something, and then you were confronted with the unbelievable, and you got... Hit from the blind side. Where did that come from? Why did I do that? And you can understand where Peter's at. See, here's the thing. Luke is doing two things here. Luke is exposing what's happening to Jesus, but Luke is also exposing human hearts, our humanity. And what we're going to see is, if we take this passage, we're going to break it down to three seconds. We're going to see good intentions. Peter's got good intentions. We're going to see... The unforeseeable, something that he didn't expect. I mean, he's expecting other things. Like, remember, he was ready with a sword to cut somebody's ear off. He's ready to die for Jesus, but the unforeseeable happens. Okay, he's totally caught off guard. We're going to see that here in a moment. And then we're going to see brokenness, because that's what happens. That's what happens, and all of us can resonate that with us, is that after we do what we said would never happen, shame happens. Brokenness happens. We're going to see that in the passage here. So let's notice together, first of all, good intentions. Look at what it says, verse 54. 
verse 54, he says, Having arrested him, that's having arrested Jesus, they, the temple guard, led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But notice what Peter's doing. Peter followed at a distance. What's going on here? Initial intentions are often genuine. Why is he following Jesus? I can tell you why he's following Jesus. Because he loves Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been in a circumstance where somebody you love has gotten in trouble? Or they find themselves in a terrible situation and, and, you know, and you're told to stay away? And you're staying away, but you're, you're staying away just on the peripheral because you still want to know what's going on because it's somebody you care for. Do you know what I mean? You're just kind of hanging out. You know what I'm saying? And you're, and you're there, but you can't be a part of it because these other people are there. And you're just out on the end. Why are you there? Because you care for them. Why is Peter following? Now, we've got to understand something. It doesn't say the other disciples followed, did they? Why? Because it says earlier in the other Gospels, they scattered for their lives. Here's Peter. His intentions are good. He's still following after Jesus. Because why? He just gave three years of his life for Jesus. He's followed him for three years. He loves Jesus. His intentions are good. How many times when we say the things we say, I'll never do that. I would never do that. Or, I will do this for you. I'll be there for you. When we say those things, we're not wrong. Our intentions are what? Good. They're genuine. You know what I'm saying? When we say things like, well, I would never do that. Our intentions are good. And at that moment, we think, well, I would never do that. But the problem is, is you don't know what's ahead of you. In fact, here's what I want you to see. There's no way to foresee what may happen. There's no way to foresee what's going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, my mind's analytical, so it, it's actually a hindrance sometimes when I like to analyze everything, and if, I, if, I'm, if I've got a situation I'm going into, I like to run through my mind possible scenarios of what might happen and then my possible reaction to what might happen. I, I'm, not, I'm that kind of guy. How many of you are like me? That's, that's you. you like to analyze, and you think, this is what I'm going to do. Here's what I found. It never happens the way I think it might happen, no matter how many scenarios I create. So all of my responses that I come up with are meaningless. So it's a waste of mental energy. I've just got to convince myself that. It hasn't worked yet. But here's the reality. No matter how good our intentions are, there's no way to foresee what may happen. Period. You don't know what life will throw at you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Peter is going, and he's, he's following Jesus, and his intentions are good, but the problem is, is he doesn't know what's ahead of him. He doesn't know what may happen. He thinks he's ready. Remember, he whacked some guy's ear off. He's ready. He's probably on guard for the guards to come after him. But it's not the guards who undermined him here. We're going to see that here. Notice what happened, the unforeseeable. Unforeseen circumstances will confront you. First thing I want you to see there. Unforeseen circumstances will confront you. Now, here's what he's doing. I can almost picture it. He's following at a distance. they got a fire going there. Okay, it's cool of the night. People are going over, warming themselves by the fire. And so, you know, here's the thing. If you're Peter and you just had a confrontation and you just whacked off the high priest's servant's ear, 
you're going to be on edge a little bit. And who you're expecting it from is probably the guards. But guess who he didn't expect it from? The scripture tells us a little girl came up and said, aren't you one of his followers? No! Wait a minute, is this the same guy who just cut some guy's ear off? I'll die for you, Jesus? What's going on? Unforeseen circumstances will confront you. Listen, folks, this is the problem with boasting. When we say things like, I would never do it, oh no, no, no. Really? Do you have some foreknowledge of what might happen in the future? Do you have some greater understanding of everything that's going to happen in your life? And you know for a fact what's going to happen and how you're going to respond? You don't. Because out of nowhere, something little, it's always the little things that get you, don't they? Something little, and here's a little girl, totally disarms him. Totally catches him off guard. And so immediately, here's what happens next. Immediately, and it's not just him, but it's others who came to him. Responses are often self-focused. Here's what happened. It just happens naturally. It's like instinct. Because what happens is, is that our response to unforeseen circumstances is we're going to think about not Jesus. We're not going to think about anybody else. We're going to think about who? Ourselves. And we're going to think about what's best for ourselves. And so here he is. He's confronted with his little girl. Aren't you a follower? Aren't you one of his followers? Oh, no. Why? Because if he says yes, he's going to have a whole bunch of people after him. What's going on here? He's in the save my skin mode. Do you know what I mean? He's in the protect myself. Do what I can for myself. Isn't that true, folks? We get faced with those unforeseen circumstances. The natural reaction is, especially when it's a confrontation. First of all, how many of you like to be confronted? How many of you like people getting up in your face and saying, Did you do this? No, we don't like that. Because that's where what happens. The lying comes. Because what he's doing here, he's what? Isn't he lying? He's lying. Because he's trying to what? Protect himself. It's self-focused. Responses are often self-focused. Now, here's what happens. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end there at all. Because, look, there is a downward progression towards self-destruction. Downward progression towards self-destruction. Because notice, he's entering into it confident. I'll do anything for you, Jesus. He he even whacks off some guys here, follows him. He's got good intentions. I'm going to see what happens to Jesus. I love Jesus. And then he's confronted by a little girl. No! Then somebody else says, hey, you you have another, another girl comes up. You have been with him. And notice, now notice, when you look at the responses there in the text, each time, obviously it must have been a man because it says, man, I'm not, you know, each time he gets more adamant. You understand it? It starts escalating in his denials. 
And what we see there is that's what happens in your life. It is a downward progression that's going on towards self-destruction. And then finally, he's at it again. The third time, he's even more adamant. And even while he's speaking, what happens? Mr. Crows. This is what happens, folks. You start out confident. Well, I'll do anything. And it's a progression down. Think about it for a moment. Think about it. You know what? Here's the thing. The reality is this. Each of you here has something you're struggling with that you don't want that you want that you don't want to do that you want to get rid of in your life. And you tell yourself, "Well, I'll never do that again." Or I won't do that again. And I'm and 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 you and you Get yourself all psyched up, and, and, and in a normal circumstances, you are on guard against it. You're ready. But it's always something little that trips you up, always something little that comes from nowhere and hits you. And here's what happens. If you examine it every time in your life, there's always a progression. What happens? Start out confident, and boom, you end up in destruction. Why? Because it's always the little things, and it's little progression by progression by progression down to escalating to a point of self-defeat. Think about it. Remember I told you last week, you know, this is Lori's favorite say, saying to me, know thyself, George. The book of Lori, remember? Okay. Okay. I'll translate that, King James. Know yourself. If you become a student of yourself, especially when you talk about the areas of your life that is defeating you, you can see a progression. Did you understand what I'm saying? Why do you think Paul says this in Corinthians? Take, you know, about the pride issue. Take heed lest you what? Paul. Don't get too confident in yourself. That's what we do, don't we? Well, I go to church. I give. I'm involved. And we see ourselves as what? Better than other people, which is the first big mistake. Because you're no better than anybody else. Did you hear what I said? We see ourselves as better than other people. That's the first big mistake. When in reality, we're no better than anybody else. And we have that pride attitude going on, and always the enemy will come along, and he will cut the legs out from underneath you, and big is the fall. And he doesn't have to do something elaborate and big. He always does it with small things. This is what's going on in Peter's life. This is what's going on in Peter's life, folks. There's a downward progression toward self-destruction. But then notice something. The rooster does crow. So let's talk about the issue of brokenness. Because here's the thing. Because after you do it, after you boasted and said you wouldn't, and then circumstances come and you find yourself there and you do it, there's another day afterwards. The sun comes up still. You're drawing another breath. But now things are different because you did what you said you would never do. And there's shame. And that's crushing. And so I want you to notice some things here. First of all, here's what happens with Peter. 
And it's a literal thing with Peter because look at what the text tells us. Look at verse 61 and 62. The text tells us, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Remember now, he's been being held captive. He's not being treated right. We're going to see next week what they do to him in the, in the temple courtyard. And the text tells us, the writer Luke tells us, that as soon as that rooster crowed, Peter's... And it's like, there he is. Jesus is looking at him. That would blow you apart, wouldn't it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I, that, that is a devastating moment in Peter's life. You and I can, can relate to that. I, I, I think back to when I was, I was 18. I didn't come from a Christian home, so I would—I had no Christian background. And uh, I'm 18, and in the state of South Carolina, it was legal at that time for folks to be able to drink. Okay? That law hadn't changed yet. It would change in a couple months after that. But I, I came home drunk. I've been drinking. I was a—I was worked as a—would you believe this? I was a lifeguard. I was a lot skinnier back then. Okay? Um, I was foster shape, and uh, not as defined as foster, but foster shape. Okay, so um, well, anyhow, uh, so I went to a party after with a bunch of the lifeguards at somebody's house, and and, and they had cold ribs and alcohol, and that does not go together, folks. Okay, and I came home and I laid in bed because my dad always said you got to be home by eleven because you get in trouble after eleven. Well, you know, I was getting in trouble before eleven. Okay, so I'm 18. I come home and I'm laying in bed and I gotta throw up. So I go in the bathroom and I miss the porcelain thing and throw up all over the bathroom, which was not good. My mama comes and she says, "What's the matter?" Because she heard me. It's where I'll tell you because I'm loud when that happens. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, too much information. All right. <laughs> so, so anyhow, listen. And I said, I'm sick, Mama. I'm sick, Mom. And, and of course, we're not a Christian home. She says, blankety blank, no, you're not. You're drunk. Clean it up. I cleaned it up. I went to bed. Next morning I got up, and I had to get up to go back to the park. I worked at a state park to go back and be a lifeguard. And before I left, my mama met me in the living room, and she said to me, because my dad was an alcoholic. And here's what she said to me. And it was like one of these Jesus moments when you're denying and the Lord looks at you. She looked at me, and she said, don't you know the hell we've been living through here with this? Why would you go down the same path? That's all she said. That's the kind of moment that Peter's having here with Jesus. What do we see here? 
there's an awareness of God's presence. Ever notice that? When you make those decisions that you're not going to do this, and you end up doing it, and you're crashing down into failure, always, what is there? An awareness of God's presence. And you don't want it, because it might be conviction. It might be an overwhelming sense of shame. But the first thing you do is, is you react in your own heart, especially if you're a believer. God knows this. God knows what I did. Here's the other thing. And look at what it says there. There is a recollection of God's word. What's the next thing he does there? Look at what it says. And he remembers the word of the Lord. He remembered. See, that's all part of brokenness. Is, is, is an awareness of God's presence in your life when you're doing this, and an awareness of the Word of God that you have what? Transgressed. That you've ignored. That you've not heeded. Remember, I mean, think about it. I mean, it's not like it's not like Peter had any chance to like, oh, yeah, I made that boast, and I never really gave it any more thought. I mean, think about the progression of the night. He makes that boast. Jesus says, look, before this night happens, you're going to deny me. They go to the garden and pray. Jesus even tells them, guys, you need to stay up and pray because that you don't fall into temptation. I mean, he's warning Peter, be on guard. But do you know how arrogant we are? I can, I can handle anything. We think we're invincible. Boom. Legs are shot out from underneath you. You go crashing down. You have an awareness of God in your life that you've transgressed Him. You realize what His Word was to you. And how you ignored it. That's what's going on here. And then finally, here's the thing. There is a confrontation with human sinfulness. That's what we see here. Look at verse 62. He remembered. Verse 61. And then, so Peter went out and wept bitterly. What's going on there? There there is a point where you are confronted with the reality. You are confronted with the reality. Listen to me. That you are messed up. That you, are you ready for this one? Are a hypocrite. See, that's what's going on here. When you are confronted with what you've done, and especially in light of all of your boasting and stuff, the reality is, is you're hit smack hard with the reality of your own human heart and that you are messed up. You came across, you were posing. Woo, look at me, I'm doing good. But it was just posing, wasn't it? You were ignoring the reality of what is going on in your own life. That ultimately you're a hypocrite. And that's what he's confronted with. with you know what, what's more devastating to him is that Jesus looked at him. He let him down. Because he loved him. There's no denying it. Peter loved Jesus, folks.
they let him down. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.